have told you how I feel about clowns ever. Not, I don't think so. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I know how everybody feels about clowns. Yeah, not a fan. Anti. Yes. Anti-clown. Um, but my daughter is in a clown play. She, she went what, to school dressed as a clown What kind of clown is she? Is she a sad clown? A happy clown? She wanted to be the sad clown. Okay. She literally was angling for that part. Okay. Um, she is actually the clown that diagnoses all the other clowns with depression. <laughs> Yeah, so she's the <laughs> psychologist clown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird play. I that sounds know. pretty weird, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's, you know, uh, a commentary on America's mental health <laughs> Maybe, situation. yeah, I'll dig a little deeper there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff. With me, as always, Elise McCarter. Still here, still pretty successful. No, Pastor David. No, today. he's too busy for us. He is busy, yeah. He's leading a Bible study right now, and... Our day here at Lord of Life is busy, so mm. we had to record a little earlier than normal. So. Yeah, I'm not invited to lunch with you guys, but that's it, fine. It's a staff lunch. That doesn't matter. You're not on staff. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, so we are going to be discussing science fiction mm-hmm. today. Okay. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. That's not your typical genre, though, right? No, I'm really more of a fantasy fan, so I asked if we could genre bend a little bit. Sure, yeah. We can we can work with that, okay? okay. Nobody's going to be listening and being like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. That is a little too much fantasy for the sci-fi podcast. Right. Uh, Isaac Asimov, if you're listening, we apologize. And I think yeah. he, he might be dead. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He's a famous sci-fi author. Right. Yeah. But if he emails us, we'll know. We will. He's not dead. <laughs> I think he's dead. I'm pretty positive he's dead. I think so, too. Yeah. He was doing his work quite a long time yeah. ago. I mean, uh, you know, in like the 60s, you know, that's Yeah, his... if he's not dead, he's probably not there enough to write us an email. <laughs> you know, I, look, I don't I don't want to presume Mr. Asimov's uh, <laughs> mental ca- capacity at this right. point, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm on your team, Isaac. Right, I guess that was not very nice of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love your work. So, so in our sci-fi episode, I have a sci-fi story for us. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, do you have any smart tech? I see some uh, smart tech on you I right do. now. I do. I have an Apple Watch. Okay. What do you think about the Apple Watch? I like it a lot. Yeah. It's convenient. Sure. Yeah. My wife has an Apple Watch. She... Sometimes it tells me I need to stand up and it's kind of passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't like that. Yeah. yeah. I bought you Apple Watch. Exactly. You don't, you don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Forget yes. our humble beginnings, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I do not own any smart accessories. I mean, I have a smart phone. Right. But I don't have an Apple Watch or anything like that. Mm. Um, but hey, smart glasses. Those were a thing for a hot minute, right? The Google glasses. Right. That nobody wanted them, it sounds like. Oh, they're kind of dorky. They are kind of dorky. Well, maybe this will change your mind. Okay. New. Smart glasses will tell you what to say on dates <laughs> using GPT-4, which I think is, you know, a, a uh, an AI. Type yeah. Of yes. Interesting. Yes. Say goodbye to awkward dates and job interviews by wearing these glasses. So first, I want to show you these glasses. Okay. okay. And I know, you know, if you're listening, <laughs> this is a, you know, you can't see them, but we'll do our best to describe right. them. So this is what they look like right here. Okay. So <laughs> it, it, it's a regular pair of glasses. But with like, like a monocle on the outside uh-huh, of them. Uh-huh, a th- pretty thick. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like a Coke can monocle. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Coke bottle, you know, yeah. bottom uh, monocle with like gears and stuff, you know, like or some technology inside. Yeah. Pop onto your glasses. It's not very subtle. Yeah. So let me ask you. You're going on a date mm-hmm. with a guy. Okay. He's wearing these glasses. 
Does it really matter if he's saying the right things? Yeah, so probably I'm probably trying not to ask about the glasses, yeah, like, right? Because I'm like, is this a medical condition that I don't want to you, you have astigmatism. Right? <laughs> Oh, it's pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why is this half an inch, you know, piece of glass sticking out right. of your eye? Right. <laughs> yeah. Are you aware that you walked into like a bike mirror? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it got stuck. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So from Stanford University. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so this gives you a, a leg up on your next date or job interview to coach you. All right. So, uh, let me, let me find this thing here. I think, uh, this is pretty funny. Okay. Uh, it's the device which is of the Riz GPT offers its where real time charisma as a service mm-hmm. or CAS listens to your conversation and tells you exactly what to say next. Oh boy. Okay. Do they have any examples? They do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's a demo on Twitter. So, um, uh, one of the students was wearing this to demo. Um, so the instructor asked uh, Alex Q here, uh, hey, I hear you're looking for a job interview to teach React Native, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the the thing said, uh, thank you for your interest. I've been studying React Native for the past few months, and I'm confident that I have skills and knowledge necessary necessary for the job. Nope. So that's Nope. This already doesn't sound like a human. Yeah. Thank well, you for your interest. And it has a delay, right? Right. Because they have to read it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's projected onto your, basically onto your eyeball. Right. <laughs> you have to read that. You know, <laughs> so you're like closing one eye. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what does that say? <laughs> so there's, a, there's a bit of a delay right. there in the conversation. So it's a question, pause. <laughs> right. This coming out. Right. Yeah. Thank you for your interest. <laughs> I am a human working person. <laughs> <laughs> i enjoy dining right <laughs> don't you right. i don't know if you've seen what we do in the shadows I but have, like when yes. they try to they're vampires and they try to pass for humans they're yes. like at a bar they're like one human alcohol beer please <laughs> yeah, this is what it sounds like the same thing yeah <laughs> this, it's like <laughs> I enjoy consuming food <laughs> for energy. <laughs> As do you, I presume. Right? It's like if aliens are writing a conversation yes. script. <laughs> hey, the future is now, people. Right. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, I mean, what, would you wear this? Would you try this? No. Out? I would try it out, right? Just to see well, like yeah, what kind of shenanigans yeah. would this get me into. <laughs> Not like I would not wear it like seriously to something I cared about though. <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> uh, I imagine if I wore this on a date with my wife, within minutes, everyone here like take those stupid things right. off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody thinks you're. It's right. funny except you. Right. Like, you're just like, like dying laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like one beverage, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wonder like what like where the charisma aspect comes in like is it funny does it think it's funny the example is not very funny right I think that was a job interview example yeah not a strong joke to start with right uh, thank you for your interest um and and, um and and also the the student who was kept stumbling over the words because it's a really tiny screen so yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) now Uh, 
Fair. I'll be honest though. If you're a person who's like, I want to go on a date and I need these glasses, the you know Cyrano de Bergerac of eyewear. Mm. Are, you, are you familiar with that play? No. It's um, he like whispers things to like he he has a crush on a woman. Uh-huh. He has a large nose, I believe. Okay. So he <laughs> finds like a handsome guy to go on a date, and he like communicates to this guy what to say to wow. her. Yes. <laughs> so this is a play. Was, yeah, I think it's a play, and it was a movie with Steve Martin in the early nineties okay. called Roxanne. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if if you're already needing this, I, I guess think... I guess the awkwardness is going to be there no matter what, right? Yeah. So at least you got something to say. You're not sitting there in silence. Your, your glasses are a conversation piece. Yeah. <laughs> you have nothing to talk about. <laughs> what do you think of my glasses? Right. <laughs> 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 what do you think? There's a weird part of my eye, right. <laughs> glaring at you right now. As I I'm wonder clearly... what it looks like from the outside. Does it like magnify your eye? Like <laughs> <laughs> one huge eye, <laughs> one normal eye. I also like you know like a little bit of stereotypical hair. If you're on a date and you need these things, you're gonna be wearing glasses. Okay, and like it already presumes <laughs> right. like yeah, you got glasses. We know it, right? right. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you need help with charisma, <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> You've got glasses. Because <laughs> I'd be like, I'd rather at least be like an eye patch, right? right. At least like it's hidden. like A little bit of mystery. Yeah, yeah. How do you lose that eye? Right. <laughs> Maybe he's a, da- a bad boy. Right. <laughs> but then you have to carry on that charade for the rest of your relationship. Fair enough. They never yes. see that you have an eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like earpiece would be the way to go, right? Yes. Like have somebody feeding you lines, you know, even if it's a AI, you know, like, but, but reading it while you're having a conversation yeah, is you're... not going to work out too well. Yeah. I don't think it's very like charismatic if your eyeballs are moving back and forth <laughs> yeah. quickly while somebody's talking to you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. Hey. The future is now. If you're a person who if goes you're a on, person. if you're a person, a, a human person, who's, if you're a human person who's <laughs> had awkward dates and job interviews, look, you know, look it up. Finally, yeah, the charisma K A K A A S the CAS for Riz GPT. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's talk about sci-fi. Let's do it from our friends at Relevant. Our friends. Um, so they placed a little a list here: ten sci-fi movies that can help shape your theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about some of these movies. Some we discussed pre-podcast. Some of these we have not seen. Right. So, um, but first, let's let's maybe what sci-fi? Sci-fi, yeah. uh, short for science fiction. Sure. Uh, for those who might be unaware. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's in its basic form, it's a fiction story in whatever you know genre that might be told in with um science elements to it um so typically it is a thing that could not actually happen or at least yet right so in science fiction you have alien encounters you have um well pandemics (laughs) (laughs) Um, right yeah (laughs) (laughs) um you know you have uh space travel that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but it does not necessarily have to be confined to the realm of things that are not yet plausible. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, typically, it's set in a universe like our own, mm-hmm. almost always in a future, right. you know, or at least a, f- a future tech attached to it. Yep. Um, so if you're thinking of like, I want to write a sci-fi novel, it does require like a definitely a level of imagination of kind of like what 
could be in the technical mm-hmm. realms. If you're writing like a fantasy story like Lord of the Rings, you're kind of creating a universe from the from the bottom up. Yep. This is usually taking a, the known universe yep. and adding um, an, an element to it to say like, what are some issues we're facing today? What could be a technological advancement or catastrophe right. that kind of like highlights those issues? Right. And both science fiction and fantasy as genres have uh, drawbacks Sure. They have really their own like positives and they have their own drawbacks if you're trying to create in those. Like, for instance, in science fi- fiction, it is not necessarily plausible, but people really care about the science involved, sure. like yeah. whatever kind of hard yeah. science you have. Yeah. You got to get that right or they will come after you. For sure. For sure. So. And, and there definitely are in the science fiction realm, you know, hard science versus soft science, right. you know, like and and if you're like putting forth hard science you definitely have to get it right yeah if it's soft science like there's a little more freedom there so the biggest maybe cultural example we could do is like star trek would be hard science star wars right soft science right, right. like so star trek the the like they wanted to create like okay this spaceship is flying through earth they're starting from the bottom up like how yeah and they need to want to create a universe where that's possible right, right. like so they have this thing that like this is the fuel this is how it works yeah. this is how everything operates if you watch the classic star trek show if you get on the little you know teleporter or the transporter mm-hmm. to go between levels like the elevator it's supposed to take the exact same amount of time every time to go between levels right because mm-hmm. it's hard science it's right. supposed to be real star wars is more soft science like it, those things don't matter right yeah luke gets into his x-wing and flies halfway across the universe what does he eat does he sleep where does he go to the bathroom Irrelevant. Right. Like those things do not matter to the story. So like how does it fly? It goes to light speed. That's all that you need it's, to know. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So that's that, not that's not the focus of the story. For sure. Yeah. And and I definitely say in Star Wars, the more they tried to explain, I think the worse it kind of uh, gets. Yeah. When they're like, this is how the force works through midichlorians, microscopic yeah. organisms in your blood. It's like, that's dumb. Yeah. It's better to just be a thing, right? right. Well, it takes yeah. away your sense of wonder for yeah. it, right? Yeah. So Again, so there, there are different, you know, big, you know, those are two big genre, big uh, subdivisions, mm-hmm. and you could play another one. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about their list first, and we'll kind of talk about our sci-fi and and relate these things to faith. Because, okay. and I think these things matter to faith because you're taking kind of the world we live in and imagining technological advancement, and what does that do for humanity? Mm-hmm. Does that bring about? a greater level of peace, prosperity, or a hidden danger uh, that we're pursuing that we're kind of unaware of. Like right. um, in Jurassic Park, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Malcolm, uh, Ian Malcolm says like, hey, you never thought, you only thought if you could, not if you should. Right. You know, like, Love that character. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah, Jurassic Park is an awesome sci-fi, uh, yeah. sci-fi movie. It it's wonderful. One of my favorites. All right, so first we're going to talk about Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Okay, have you seen the movie Blade Runner? I've seen three quarters of Blade Runner and fell asleep. <laughs> okay. Fair. I'm going to say that. I like Blade Runner a lot. Right. I think it's a great movie. Love Harrison Ford. But fair. Right? <laughs> this this is slow. Yeah. And um, they, there's a sequel to Blade Runner that's mm-hmm. three hours long oh. uh, that I think is great. It's brilliant. But if you're like not into it, I think it's a really fair fair statement. Yeah. This would be closer to a hard sci-fi mm-hmm. than a soft sci-fi. So in it, uh, Harrison Ford plays Rick Deckard, who is kind of, a, he's a detective in the future San Francisco Police Department who is hunting down uh, replicants. And these would be android, hum, android human, humanoids who oftentimes don't even know that they're androids. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've like gotten out and he's hunting them down 
to, you know, because they're up to no good or mischief or whatever. Right. Um, so this does have some questions of what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in there's a couple of versions of Blade Runner out there that have been re-edited over the years. Mm-hmm. And one of the versions suggests that Harrison Ford, Rick Deckard, is actually a replicant himself. Oh, interesting. Uh, who does not know yeah. that he is that way. Um, but the questions, as he's kind of shutting down these androids and going out and hunting them, you know, kind of raised by the movie is, what does death look like, especially for a non-humanoid right. AI kind of a thing? Right. Um, is there, you know, how does this work in this space? Mm-hmm. You know, if something thinks it's human, is it? Mm-hmm. Does it have, if it has conscious uh, thought, desire, emotion, does it have soul attached mm-hmm. to it? These are good questions, right? Yep. Like, um, so, and and I think this is an important one because we're seeing in our world, this was Blade Runner is like early 1980s. Right. We have, you know, AI mm-hmm. that's pretty far advanced right now. Yeah. Like you have can go to chat GPT and say like, hey, AI, write me, you know, a love poem mm-hmm. and it will write a pretty good love poem. Right. You know, probably better than you could do yourself. <laughs> and maybe, maybe not you at least, but me for right. sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so what does that look like in the future? I think it's important. Any other thoughts about Blade Runner? Uh, not really. I don't, I haven't, it's been a long time since I fell asleep during it. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I don't really have um, that much input on it. Yeah. TBH. TBH. All right. Yeah. Right. We'll move on. Yeah. To We're going to skip uh, District 9 because you have not seen that one. Okay. I do have a comment. Um, yeah. Genre-wise, science fiction tends to also be darker than fantasy as well. Yeah, so it's sure. sort of more like heavier questions that are yeah. being asked. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And sometimes if you're a sci-fi fan, you know... Um, yeah, sometimes it's it's tough stuff to kind mm-hmm. of wrestle with and kind of kind of get through. All right, so we have two 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 at once here: Wally, Wally, and Interstellar. Yeah. Okay, and they both have similar themes. So mm-hmm. have, you've seen both these movies. I've seen both of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wally, it's been a long time, but they both have that theme of um, humanity to kind of wreck the planet, right? And yeah. So then, what do you do? Whoa! Now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pump to pump the brakes right. on this yeah, one, okay? Not my plastic straws, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because that's a future I'm not quite mm-hmm. seeing. Yeah, yeah. Both have that theme: humanity's destroyed mm-hmm. Earth. Yep. And what are we going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really am, in particular, a fan of Interstellar. I think yeah. it's like an interesting kind of hopeful take. Yeah. On that sci-fi trope, um, and there's like the family dyna- dynamic between the father and daughter is really interesting, yeah. and yeah, I think it's it's a really well done movie. I agree. I think it's a really beautiful movie. There, the there's a robot in the movie mm-hmm. that I think is awesome. I love like him. the concept, yeah. the the how it looks, how it works mm-hmm. is really really cool. Yeah. Um, but Wally and Interstellar have kind of two the same idea. Mm-hmm. Humanity has wrecked the planet, but two different conclusions to this mm-hmm. idea. So Interstellar is ultimately about. We got to get off this planet. Right. <laughs> like humanity is done here on Earth. Yeah. We got to figure out a way to find a new planet. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the concept of like, we got to go find a new planet. Right. And we have two ideas that we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. One, we're just going to take like a bunch of hum- human DNA, yep. send it to this planet and just start over. Right. And so all the people that are alive right now, we're done. It's over. But humanity can exist by growing humans like kind of in, you know, an AI lab on a distant planet. Or can we find something close enough 
that we can actually transport humans to that planet mm-hmm. and start over. Right. But starting over is going to happen one way or the other. Right. Like there is no way back. And Wally has that idea to start. If you've never seen Wally, it's a really cute little Disney movie where Wally is this adorable robot mm-hmm. who's left behind on Earth to kind of clean up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets caught up in this big space adventure uh, and gets sent to the ship that's where human, humans have been living because they left Earth behind. Mm-hmm. But it ends with all the humans coming back to Earth to kind of like, we got to clean this up. Right. Uh, and we got to figure out how to kind of fix the wrongs mm-hmm. of humanity's past. Right. Um, so again... Wally has more hopeful for humanity to like, we can fix things. Yeah. Interstellar is definitely more of like, we need to just start over. Right. Like, so <laughs> we're the ultimate colonizers. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so in terms of faith, mm-hmm. I think that this does raise some questions too. Yeah. What, are, what are some ideas about you can, can draw from this for faith? Um, so I think that there's that idea of taking responsibility for your own messes. Uh-huh. Um, there's also that idea of sort of being... Um, stepping out in faith right and mm-hmm. saying well i don't know what the future looks like it's pretty bleak mm-hmm. um but somebody needs to do something so yeah. we're going to do it so that would be wally and interstellar yeah kind of. <clears throat> and, and i think even attached to that it's not even taking responsibility for our own messes but mm-hmm. sometimes in, in faith it takes responsibility for humanity's messes right. even if i am not directly responsible i mean like this is the message of jesus is mm-hmm. jesus takes responsibility for humanity's fall without being responsible right you know so it's saying like hey this beach got dirtied by humans i did not do it but i i can do something but about i can it. do something about it yeah i can choose to do to, to clean it up yep uh and so and i think that that is you know a responsible message yeah uh and the idea of like you know that we can kind of wrestle with in our own world of like okay we have this you know corporation they're pumping all these chemicals into the river and then like it's exposed and they fire the ceo and a new ceo is placed in like hey does that fix it and the answer right. is no Mm-mm. like just because this person was fired the real fixing is you got to clean up the river. Right. Like you, there's responsibility to right the wrongs. Mm-hmm. And I think Wally has this idea of like there's responsibility to right the wrongs. Yeah. And from the very beginning of the Bible, creation care matters. Right. You know, how we treat God's creation is a reflection of how we feel about God. Mm-hmm. So I think that Wally and Interstellar, both great sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. One is for kids. Right. But we love it. <laughs> but I think I think it's good. I think yeah. it's, it has a, a positive message. All right. Uh, the Matrix. The Matrix. Have you seen The Matrix? I have seen The Matrix, yeah. Okay. Want to sum it up for us? Uh, yeah. So it, really, I mean, the, this has been said about The Matrix before this article, so this should not be news, but it's really like a Messiah sort of parallel mm-hmm. story, right? Yeah. Um, so there is this main character named Neo um, who gets approached by somebody and told basically that the reality that he's been living in is not actually reality it's a construct and you know he gets a choice between a red pill and a blue pill you know would you like to wake up to actual reality and do something about it or continue living in this false reality yeah yeah Yeah, uh and it has three sequels yeah they're not that too many too many sequels (laughs) they're not good yeah (laughs) uh major one is a very interesting sci-fi movie it's got some fun sci-fi action it Mm -hmm. created kind of a a sci-fi trope of this kind of bullet time action sequence that Mm -hmm. has been spoofed and and carried on by a a lot of other things but has a lot of neat things to say right this idea of like waking up to a new reality and that new reality kind of sucks not great <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. compared to like the fake one that right. that uh 
Keanu Reeves Neo was living in before. Right. Like this new one is not right. good. Basically robots are farming humans <laughs> yeah, for yeah. energy and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and an interesting concept put forth, you know, Neo has a conversation with one of these kind of robots, mm-hmm. overlords, and the robot overlord's like, hey, the original version of this kind of fake reality was paradise, mm-hmm. but humans couldn't live in it. They mm-hmm. could not adapt to it. It had to be like our modern world right. where it's kind of ebbs and flows because we could not concept living in paradise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting concept of like what do you, happens when like broken creatures are mm-hmm. placed in a perfect world right um and i think in the theology aspect of it like well these humanity the brokenness of humanity has to be fixed before we can kind of enter in the next world right and uh and it only can get fixed i you know here on this podcast by jesus right, right. Like, <laughs> like that's how we're gonna put forth but right. like i think that's a really interesting mm-hmm. there's a really interesting ideas put forth mm-hmm. here in the matrix yeah all right any other thoughts on the matrix uh, so that the Matrix is really the first time that I remember in sci-fi being like, oh, this is an obvious like Messiah yeah. parallel story. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure it's probably happened. And maybe I don't know if Ender's Game would really count for that. I think some people have yeah. said that raised the possibility that Ender's Game is also that which is sort of a parallel. It's a great book. Love Ender's it's Game. It's a great book. Yeah. R- written by a real weirdo, but <laughs> not a huge fan of Ender's yeah. Got Card. But Ender's but Game itself, is awesome. Book. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it holds up. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time I really encountered like, oh, these are, you know, potential like biblical or at least religious parallels in Absolutely. sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that the, um, the, uh, the creators of the matrix would consider themselves Christians. Probably not. But they're definitely bringing in real faith ideas mm-hmm. into sci-fi. Yeah. It's, it, and kind of painting with a very fairly heavy, brush. heavy hand yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like it's not even like this is a secret parallel this right. is a, a pretty obvious yeah. stuff going on yeah For, i think it's a little bit too heavy-handed sure. i think maybe the story itself would have been served better with them pulling back just a little bit on some of those but for sure i get it well uh let's go from one messiah parallel to another okay an et et <laughs> <laughs> have you seen et i have seen et okay what do you th- what do you, you got a that one didn't strike me as a messiah parallel oh well we'll get into a it little okay. boy finds an alien yeah. dresses him up rides his bicycle yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> et dies gets resurrected yeah et does die goes back to space comes back to life yeah it's it's got a, et is the messiah parallel it, right okay? so like <laughs> yeah um I love E.T. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great movie. It's one of my favorites as a kid. Definitely in my, I don't know, top 25 list. I think E.T. is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of Steven Spielberg's best. Yeah. Um, yeah. We find E.T. He helps Elliot. He's a little boy who's moved across the country dealing with separation from his father, mm-hmm. um, what it means to be in a new place, to you know, explore himself. And E.T. is shot awesome Steven Spielberg did a great job of how mm-hmm. it's how it's filmed and like most of the adults you never see their faces like you're always focused on him on Elliot and Elliot is a kid mm-hmm. so it's you only see like the world from his perspective right except for his mom you yeah. know all the other adults you really only see like their bodies right you know that I think that's a really awesome way for it to film yeah he, he meets E.T. this little alien they have this really bond this friendship they become connected and Elliot gets sick but then et dies rises again and through that 
saves Elliot. Like mm-hmm. he saves Elliot and then they get on their bikes and flies and it's really awesome. And oh. at the end, Elliot goes back to space and they touch fingers and uh, mm-hmm. E.T.'s finger lights up. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have this assurance that E.T. will always be with Elliot. That's really powerful. Yeah. Really beautiful movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet. I love E.T. Yeah. E.T. All is right. really wholesome. Okay. Uh, last one from this list. Uh, Star uh, Star Wars is on this list, but I feel like we we know Star Wars. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we've talked about Star Wars. Yeah, please, is <laughs> Signs? Signs. Yeah. Have you seen Signs? I have not seen all of Signs. Okay. I saw part of it in high school. I think yeah, that sounds about right when it came out. Yeah. Um, for me, um, it's a little bit of like a sci-fi horror movie. It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, in Signs, with a with a heavier brush, is painting faith in it. Uh, the main character, played by Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. is a lapsed priest. Right. Uh, so, like, again. <laughs> Mel Gibson always is playing these characters. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's sure. got a type. <laughs> sure, sure. Lapsed priest whose wife died a few years before in a uh-huh. car accident. Uh-huh. He made it in time to hear her final words. He's a priest, but he had a wife. Uh, maybe he's like a reverend, you know. Okay, So, yeah. like, he's he's a pastor. Right. right. Yeah. Um, Here's her final words. To him, they sound like nonsense, uh, and that causes a crisis of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how could I trust in a God when this happens? And the last time we had to communicate together, she says, like, it sounds like nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even get a chance to, like, say goodbye. Right. But those words come into play mm-hmm. in how Mel Gibson and his family defeat the aliens at their farmhouse <laughs> yeah. like they they mean something yeah. at the end and so it raises these questions of like in tragedy mm-hmm. is the hand of god still at work mm-hmm. and play yeah and this is a a, a really interesting question like yeah. these are questions that mankind has wrestled with since the beginning of mankind yeah what do we do when bad things are happening right right is it punishment from god is it guidance from god is it god is allowing these things to happen but still mm-hmm. working within them interesting questions yeah There's no real great answers um but in the backdrop of an alien invasion yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah yaqueen phoenix is in this uh he's great as mel gibson's brother he's yeah. really funny uh it, i think it's um it does raise some really interesting questions. I do think it's one of M. Night Shyamalan's movies. I, I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. Him. So uh, if you're interested in sci-fi horror, I think science works. All right. So we have a few more that we kind of, I wrote down here and then you have. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've wrote down three other movies that have some interesting sci-fi elements of faith. Uh, two I want to talk about and one I just want to re- recommend. Yeah. Okay. Um. And you, and so you mine are all going to be fantasy and they're all going to be books. So okay, okay, I don't know okay. which direction you want to go sure. first. Let's go through. I'll do these two movies first mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of give some recommendations. Yeah. Okay. So first my sci-fi movie is called Children of Men. Okay. Have you seen this movie? I haven't. Okay. Well, one I recommend it. Okay. Unfortunately, it's not on any streaming platform. Okay. So we have to actually hunt it so, down and buy it. So it's on Amazon. You can rent it okay. for, you know, the three bucks or whatever. Sure. Um, so Children of Men is a, a future universe where set in England where... Humanity just stops having babies. Mm-hmm. All women just, you know, cannot have babies anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's 20 years after kind of that moment. And so the world is kind of in crisis, right? There are no more children. Um, what do we, like, it, we're on a ticking time clock <laughs> right. as, as a species. Right. And then one woman gets pregnant. Mm. Uh, and Clive Owen is our lead character here. He's been kind of tasked by this kind of rebel force to escort this woman to this 
group of scientists who are trying to save humanity. Mm-hmm. So he has to kind of rest, escort her through England, which is kind of pretty terrible because there's mm-hmm. not a lot of hope for right. England. Um, and so there are other people who know that this woman's pregnant who are trying to capture her for their own purposes and mm-hmm. needs. And he's kind of doing this. It's got some incredible set pieces mm-hmm. that are filmed in kind of a one shot, which would mean like the camera... St- doesn't cut away it right. stays with them yeah. and through an action sequence and so it's like here's seven minutes of one take that has explosions yeah. and you yeah. know you know firefight and so it's really incredible like way it's shot and towards the end he's escorting this woman through kind of this battleground and he's kind of like protecting her and you see all these soldiers see her this pregnant woman the first one they've seen in 20 years mm-hmm. and like the you can see like the battle just stops right like everyone is just watching her because like and then, like, she gets through kind of this fight, and then it resumes up again. Right. So for me, it's, like, this idea of, like, one, it has a level of, like, there's hope in life mm-hmm. attached to it. Yep. And, and like, wherever life is, like, there's always going to be um, an element of hope. Like, mm-hmm. things can get better, even in the midst of, like, cultural, earth-wide devastation. Yeah. Humanity has hope. Right. Uh, and I think that's a really powerful message and it's really cool. Again, it's it is really cool. Clive Owen, Julianne Moore, and Michael Caine are kind of all Oh, I love you know, those. Great great, love actors. Those actors, great, yeah. great actors. All right. So another one I'll recommend here is Ex Machina. Okay. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I've actually seen part of Ex Machina. Okay. Yeah. I don't I'm movies I like sure, sure, I sure. can't commit to the whole thing, yeah. you know. <laughs> This is on HBO Max. Okay. Uh, so this is about an AI, uh, so an, an Android human that's mm-hmm. been created by Oscar Isaacs, and he brings out um, this uh, kind of employee of his to kind of test the AI. Like, can he, like, see this, you know, Android human as a human instead mm-hmm. of an Android? And I think it raises this really interesting question of, like, if we're able to create a AI and artificial intelligence with human-like capabilities, are we also going to get the other human-like characteristics that maybe are not quite as desirable, Mm -hmm. right? Like is curiosity, vanity, self-preservation, all those things going to be present in there? Is is it an inevitability, right? Right. Like if you're creating something that can think for itself like a human, Mm -hmm. is it ultimately going to be? like a human right, right? Like, like like with all the baggage with all the baggage yeah. attached and so uh so this is kind of exploring that like can this ai be separate from those things mm-hmm. uh and it's a really interesting kind of quirky little sci-fi movie I, I think it's really really well done yeah low budget but has some cool things to say all right so now we have recommendations right Recommendations, yeah. So those were your two? Or? Well, I, I have two okay. more, but okay. I'm not going to go into this. Okay. Into deep as yeah. Okay. Um, so for me, you know, m- most of the genre that I'm more familiar with is going to be fantasy. Um, and while maybe not directly correlated to faith, I felt like um, fantasy kind of taught me a lot about my own relationship with escapism. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, And so I felt like that's been very valuable, you know, in the course of, you know, my growth as an individual to, to have interaction with that and ask some of those questions. And, um, you know, one thing I love about fantasy is there tend to be two different types of protagonists, right? Either you have the um, exceptional person in sure. unusual circumstances and you get to sort of have the excitement of watching them be very competent and and dealing with those. And then you have sort of the 
the normal person that gets thrown into exceptional circumstances, mm-hmm. right? And watching uh, what a normal human does to rise to the occasion sure. for for exceptional circumstances. Yeah. Both of those are really great. I don't think you ever have like a mundane human and mundane circumstances because <laughs> that's a pretty boring story. Not in usually not in the sci-fi or fantasy right. realm because um, yeah, we're dealing with that's the called, extraordinary. Yeah, <laughs> that's called a literary fiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the the books that I really love is called The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. Okay, um, it's and long. he's it's a huge tome, yeah. and there's many, many, <laughs> many yeah. tomes. It's on my shelf. It's I'm intimidated by it. It's right. so big. Yeah, it's really great though. Yeah. Like once you. It has like four prologues yeah. like he breaks all the rules um mm. but if you can hang on with him through that it's this really interesting it's almost like a sports metaphor a sports story yeah. that's been placed in fantasy mm-hmm. dressing it's like the underdog story great um and it's really excellent and then they, he has a lot of interesting characters that have both like really high moral ideals mm. And then, like, no moral ideals because they come from two ends of the human experience, right? Like, one has been, like, a convicted thief and, you know, punished and imprisoned and sentenced to death and all this. And one has been, like, very privileged and, you know, raised with the silver spoon type thing. Um, So, it's that's an interesting story. Mm -hmm. If you can get through the four prologues... um, the Blue Sword is a classic uh, fantasy novel from yep. the late 80s, early 90s by Robin McKinley. Um, sorry, I was talking to text there. So just my phone just wrote down everything I just said. Sure, 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 like yeah. an old person. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of my favorite novels of all time. It doesn't play so well to a modern audience. I don't think, but it's about this girl that's sort of like a misfit at home. Um, and she moves to this new country, which is basically like a middle Eastern fantasy country, right from like England um, and gets caught up in this, you know, adventure with like these nomadic peoples. And um, she, it is like a little bit of a chosen one story, but she's really grouchy about it the whole time. And okay. it's, that's the fun dynamic. Um and then The Bear and the Nightingale, which is a retelling of Russian folk stories. Okay. Um, this one probably has the most obvious ties to uh, religion um, because it deals with sort of the rise of Christianity in Russia and that like Christian regime in Russia okay. and how it they did away with like all of their old folk beliefs at the same time. And so this is a girl that kind of stands in the gap between those two things. And, you yeah. know, she can like see the house spirits and, you know, and also like traditional like christian spirits and like reconciling like these two worlds it's really interesting okay. highly recommend yeah. great that sounds great mm-hmm. um yeah i think um I, you know my personal connection is sci-fi i love sci-fi mm-hmm. uh you know whenever we go to the bookstore the sci-fi fantasy they're usually combined mm-hmm. i don't know you know they don't, they not necessarily should be but they usually are combined there's a lot of like kind of overlap between the two genres yeah. though especially now i think yeah but uh, that's usually where I'm going. You mm-hmm. know, that's in the bookstore first at yeah, the very least. Absolutely. So I want to look around there. Um, but for me, I love the idea. You know, sci-fi is definitely asking of humanity, like, what if, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's what if, and it's good, and what if, if it's bad. But it's asking those questions, like, what if this thing could happen? And I think in faith, you know, it's kind of asking kind of similar questions, right? Like, it's not accepting um, traditional answers and saying, like, what if blank, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, for me, it hopefully leads to like deeper and greater questions. And sometimes the 
desire to say like I want questions that I can't find answers to Mm -hmm. and I want to just live in the gap between those two things right and and I'm going to be comfortable doing that yeah and um sometimes that's not a very easy place to live of like I don't know but I want to keep dreaming or thinking Mm -hmm. this through um so that's that's how that's why I do like a lot of sci-fi yeah uh, because it is to almost always directly answering those, asking those questions, mm-hmm. typically with a technological bent, but that's fine. Right, yeah. Um, so a book I recommend is Project Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is written by Andy Weir, same guy who wrote The Martian. That mm-hmm. was a huge book for uh, several years ago. Plot is, again, humanity's, humanity's kind of doomed on Earth. <laughs> if something happened in space that's, that's plaguing Earth, there's nothing we can do about it. But Project Hail Mary. We're mm-hmm. sending a team into space to solve it. Right. Um, and... One guy wakes up on a spaceship. He's the only one member of his crew that lived. Mm. He's got to figure out how to solve this puzzle. Okay. Um, it's really beautiful. It's really, really interesting. Uh, it does have a really neat kind of a exploration of faith and mm-hmm. a really kind of neat communication system. Um, I, I like, you know, oftentimes in like fantasy, like one of the big questions they're going to like, if you're building from the ground up is like, how does magic work? Right. Your magic system. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and in sci-fi, a big question, you know, if you're building from the ground up is like, how does technology work? Right. What's like, the science? Yeah. yeah so how does, yeah. how does this make sense mm-hmm. in this universe? And if it doesn't make a lot of sense, you're going to, I don't think it's going to be very successful. So, right. I, and I think it does a good job of exploring those things. And then the last movie I'll recommend, I'm not going to actually, I'm just going to recommend it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you, a, I think it's best going in blind. Okay. It's on Hulu. It's called Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Yeah. Andy Samberg, I'll tell you that, is kind oh. of the lead. It is a, a comedy uh-huh. with a sci-fi bent. Oh, interesting. Um, I think it's really fun. Yeah. It's a really fun movie. Okay. So, I will have to watch that yeah. one. So Palm Springs. Yep. All right. That's, uh, that's everything we got. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know your favorite science fiction book, movie, TV show, how it shapes, or anything that you've explored in faith mm-hmm. through sci-fi. We definitely think media, whether that's book, movie, music, television, play, mm-hmm. can shape our, like, yep. impacts us emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. mentally, and that's a good thing. Like, right. we should want to engage with those things. I love that... Um, when faith is presented in pop culture, whether mm-hmm. sometimes directly or sometimes indirectly, right. both are awesome and really right. cool. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts? No. Okay. Well, great. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, our email is beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Send us in your thoughts. And we'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday. Mm-hmm.